We thank God for mothers and their uh, labors of love. Yeah. Amen. Laboring, praise the Lord. <laughs> Laboring is a big time thing, but the job doesn't stop when the baby is born. It's just beginning. Amen. And uh, so for all the long nights she carried you, no charge. And <laughs> long nights she changed all your dirty diapers, no charge. And wiped your snotty nose, no charge. Amen. And I found out I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a parent of an adult child now, and I understand that he, just just because they leave your house, doesn't mean that you're done. So all the all the prayers, no charge. <laughs> Fasting, inquiring of the Lord, no charge. Praise the Lord. Advice and wisdom that we share. No charge. So thank you, moms. We give praise the Lord, to the Lord for you. Amen. There's nothing like a mother's love, really. Nothing quite like a mother's love. Amen. Dad, sometimes we can, you know, just, man, go walk it off. You know, you get a cut and just, man, go, go put some dirt on that thing, man, and keep on going. But moms will take you on the knee and just, you know, soothe you and all that kind of good stuff. And so thank God for that. All right, are you in uh, Matthew 15 today? All right, let's look at verses 21 through 28. 21 through 28. You'll have that? All right, let's read together. Ready, read. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Her daughter was healed from that very hour. He said, great is your faith. Today I want to talk on the subject, the marks of great faith. The marks of great faith. Put your Bibles down. Let's, let's pray. Let's just pray for a minute. I mean, let's really pray. I'm, not just me. I mean, you pray too. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we're not ready yet. As I just, in here, I feel like we're not ready yet. Anybody else feel like that? I feel like we kind of, you know, I don't know if we rushed through praise and worship or whatever it was, but we're not there yet. All right, thank you. I, I got some agreement. So let's, let's go in. Let's just pray. Come on. Pray in the spirit, pray in English, whatever you got to do. Because we got to really get ourselves prepared for the word of God. This, this is a serious business. It's a serious transaction we want to make here. We're not going to be casual hearers. <clears throat> we want to be serious hearers of the word of God. Hallelujah. So whatever you got to do, break up the fallow ground and prepare your heart. Rabba <laughs> 
Come on, dig in just a little moment. Come on, just a little bit. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Come on. Just a little bit more. Dig in. Come on. Let's really get ready for the word today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, we're not here to play around this morning. Got dressed up. We might as well get what God has for us today. Got out of bed. You might as well get what God has for you today. Made it all this way through tiredness and weariness and pain. You might as well receive what God has for you today. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, same key, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. Lord, for you. That's it. Come on. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a Sanctuary, Lord, for you, oh, Lord, prepare to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be 
Sanctuary, Lord, for you. I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you. One more time with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you. Now, Father, we receive your word this morning with thanksgiving in Jesus' mighty name. So be it. Amen. And amen. You may take your seats today in the presence of God. The marks of great faith. The marks of great faith. We come from Matthew chapter 15. We begin at verse 21. In verse 27, this woman said, and she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. This is only the second time through Scripture which we saw Jesus Christ describe something as great faith. Remember the one time with the centurion who Jesus, uh, he came to Jesus Christ for his uh, son, his servant rather, to be healed. And Jesus said to him, uh, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in all Israel. And so here's another time here he says to this woman, he says, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about faith here the last a uh, few Sundays. Last Sunday, we uh, were blessed with Apostle Derber being here and ministered such a great time, closing out that increase meeting. Amen. Wasn't that a great time we enjoyed last week? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We learned that faith on Thursday night, that faith is a servant. Praise the God that you can put your faith to work. So if faith is a servant, I want you to imagine what great faith can do. Great faith. Glory to God. We read a scripture some time ago, a few weeks ago, here from Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29 from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation of Matthew 9, 29, which says, Jesus said, then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. So we know that faith makes things happen. Everybody here know what faith is? All right, we know biblically the Bible says faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We understand faith is simply believing God. Faith is simple trusting God. Faith is acting on God's word. Amen? And so faith will make things happen. So if you have great faith, we can make great things happen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, I've been talking how, about how faith, by faith we access the grace or the ability of God. Faith allows us to connect to God's grace. It allows us to connect to God's ability. And so uh, I'll intend to show you here today that no matter how severe or how troublesome things may be, if you would apply and release your faith, God will cause great things to happen in your life. That God is able by his power to turn around any situation, no matter how dire, no matter how, how, uh, how gruesome it may be, God will release his, his grace if you release your faith for that situation. Can you say amen today? 
Hallelujah. Jesus said in, in the book of Matthew chapter 17, Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus makes this statement. He says, if you have faith, I'm going to just going to paraphrase. If you have faith, then nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith, nothing will be impossible for you. Glory to God. How many faith people do I have in here? All right. Now, we all uh, are, hey, Shana, how are you doing? Zaina, I mean, I call you Shana. Zaina, congratulations on graduating from college. God bless you. I didn't even see you there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So we all say we have faith. But there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 5, which tells us to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. So there, you can give yourself a faith examination. Glory to God. A lot of people say, I have faith, or I'm in faith. But you have to give yourself a faith examination. On every situation. Now, we understand when you read this, uh, to examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. So we, uh, as believers, ought to be in the faith. We believe in God. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, every situation in your life that comes about, you need faith. Right. right? We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith, the Bible says four times. So we need to make sure in every scenario, every situation, that we are actually in faith. Because just to say you're in faith doesn't mean you're in faith. Amen. Because there are marks of faith. There's a way faith operates. There's a way faith looks. There's a way faith speaks. You read, I believe it's over in uh, um, Romans 10, right around verse 6, when it talks about the righteousness of faith speaks this way. So there's a way faith speaks. All right. Y'all not going to play with me today. Okay. So we believe and therefore speak. So faith speaks a certain way. So I want to just run down a few things this morning that uh, will show you some marks of great faith. Not just faith, but great faith. In fact, it's interesting if you read in, uh, I don't have time to read it, but if you look back in early in this book in Matthew, and you'll see a story over here uh, in Matthew, I believe it's chapter 13 or, or 14, Matthew 14, in fact, where Jesus is talking to uh, Peter. Remember the time Jesus was on, uh, walking on the water? Yeah. And Peter saw him and said, hey, if that's you, bid me, allow me to come to you. And Jesus said, sure, come. And Peter started walking on the water, but he looked away from Jesus Christ and began to sink. And Jesus said, hey, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So Peter was noted at that moment for little faith or a short-lived faith. He had faith. Don't, don't say he didn't have faith. I mean, he stepped out of the boat. Pick on, laugh at him all you want to, but he stepped out of that boat. And he, the Bible says he came walking to Jesus. In fact, he made it so close that when he began to sink, all Jesus had to do was reach out and grab him. So don't pick on him just because he sank. He exercised faith, but his faith, the Bible called little, which meant short-lived. His faith didn't endure. You got it? But here we go in this next chapter, chapter 15. Jesus talks about a woman here who has great faith. Glory to God. Everybody say great faith. So I want you to know this morning that there's no condition or circumstances or situation in your life that your faith in God can't handle. 
all right? Now, I know we all dressed up and cute. Most of us dressed up and cute. I say that because y'all laugh when I say that, so maybe everybody's not dressed up and cute. But um, truth be told, you're dressed up cute and smiling, but truth be told, somebody in here may be dealing with something that you haven't really told anybody about, you hadn't really talked about it in full detail, you hadn't made your prayer request out to the church and sent it in because you don't really want people to know the full detail, the gravity of what you're really dealing with. Truth be told, there may, may, may be some, uh, allow me to say this without you freaking out, some hell in your house. And everybody doesn't know it. Glory to God. But it doesn't matter how much hell may be in your house, great faith will move it out of your house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's some things that will cause you some anxiety and some tension and a little stress, and you're praising God, and you're struggling to praise God, but you're trying to praise God the best you know how. Glory to God. You think about it. Think about it. Here, here's, if, you, if you're dealing with a financial issue, don't raise your hand. If you're dealing with a financial issue, if you, if you don't have your faith mastered, what the, what, what's easy to do is to have options, right? right? So if, if money is my issue, I don't have enough money, well, one of the things you do is I go get another job. Either a different job or a second job or a third job or I'll collect cans or bottles or something. I'm going to do something. In other words, your mind start th starts thinking of every possible way you can alleviate this financial problem. Am I right about it? Okay, you got a problem in your health, right? And so, well, in your mind, you think of every, every way you can alleviate that problem. Well, you know you can go to the doctor, you can go to the ER, you can go to the walk-in clinic, whatever you can do. There's something you're going to try to uh, do. I'm talking about you're not walking in faith. There's something you're going to try to do to alleviate that health problem, Right? Because there, there are natural options that you have that your mind will start racing and thinking about all these things. And the devil's going to help you with them, too. But what about when there's hell in your house? No, y'all didn't say anything. Okay, what, what, what about when your child... Y'all going to act like y'all okay. Okay. See, a second job won't fix that runaway child. Come on, talk about it. When your marriage is a mess, <laughs> you can't go to the doctor and say, give me a prescription for my marriage. I'm talking about when it gets to be a real mess. When, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm just saying it again, when hell hits your house. What do you do? You better learn, and you better know how to exercise great faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. I mean, you can you, you put them in timeout, and they're still cutting up. Take away, you, you spank them, they're still cutting up. Come on now, talk back to me. Now. I know I'm see if I'm right. I'm gonna see him on the right house. Uh, you, you, you take away the cell phone. 
They go get another cell phone that you had, you forgot you had in the drawer. I don't need no service. I got WhatsApp. I don't need no service. I got. As long as I got Wi-Fi in the house, I'm, I'm telling on some of y'all. I'm telling on some of y'all kids right now. You think you smart. These kids are smarter than we understand. And it's not that, 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 that the cell phone is the issue. It's not that the school is the issue. The issue is there's a demon. There's an evil spirit, a foul spirit that's trying to enter in and take hold and not just of your child. Because the devil is not just out to get your child to flunk in school. He's after, he's here to steal and kill and destroy. So he may just be working through the husband, working through the wife, working through the child, but he's trying to destroy your whole life. He want to really see if, are you just a faith talker or a faith walker? I wish I had some witnesses in here this morning. Ask your neighbor, are you a faith talker or a faith walker? Because what you'll find is some folk are just faith talkers. They talk real good when they get in the church house. They talk real good when they get around there all the faith folk. But when the mess hits the fan, when the rubber hits the road, when hell has really infiltrated your house, what you gonna do then? You better know how to get before God. You better know how to get in this world. You better know how to get with the Holy Ghost because he's the only one that can really fix what's troubling your house. Oh, can I get a witness in here this morning? I'm, I'm laughing. I got, got these little newlyweds on the front row. They don't know nothing about this. Newlyweds, you know, your, your breath never stinks. No matter what you do, everything's, oh, that's, that's wonderful. Let's just keep on living. Just keep on living. The devil's trying to get in there. I, I, I'll show you this in scripture here. Let's look at this in Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. The devil wants in. And he's not trying to stop until he destroys your whole household. Until he destroys your whole life. And you can keep getting mad at the, at the child or keep getting upset with the spouse, but that ain't really the issue. You got to get to the root of the problem. And your spouse is not your problem. Y'all ain't saying much. And your child is not the problem. Oh, yes, they are, Pastor. You need to see my son. Listen, I know you got some babies all on your hands, but that's not the problem. And this woman in this story recognized this. This is a mother who had it. This is a mother who had it. I mean, she had enough. 
She don't whip the child. She don't got to the point now she probably start beating the child up in the head. Just bam. You know, some of y'all, you have to get that point. The whipping don't work no more. They, when they turn 13, 14, 15, you can't whip them no more. You got to pow. Saying none of y'all had crazy mamas. I had a crazy mama. I had a crazy mama. I got, I got beatings when beatings were still legal. I, I, I never knew what a spanking was until I got around school. They said spanking. I, what's a spanking? I never know spanking. I wouldn't mind a spanking. Spanking sound nice. <laughs> I got whoopings. Praise the Lord. But you know, the Bible says if uh, you beat your child, you'll beat the hell right up out of them. That's, that's, that's what, I think that's what your Bible says. Some, it's something, something like that. It's something similar to that right there, right? It's in there. It's, it might not be those exact same words, but it's something like. <laughs> Foolishness abounds, the Bible says, in the heart of a child. And the rod of correction will drive it far from them. Come on in here. Now let's look at this story here. Let's look at this story. Look at this story. Look at this story. In Matthew 15, in 21, it talks about, it says, Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now this region of Tyre and Sidon, if you know anything about it, it, it was a very, it's on, on the Mediterranean coast, a very wealthy and affluent region. So this is, you know, like if you were living on the French Riviera. You, this, this is not hood. You understand? This is not, they're not, they're not living in, 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 in nothing heights. <laughs> this is, <laughs> y'all don't get offended, eh? This ain't no heights. This is this is this is this is exquisite living here. You understand this? Tyran Sidon. It was um, uh, a very well-to-do metropolis here, where you have uh, the who's who of society living there. You understand this? So, the character, the woman in this story. We're gonna. I want you to realize that now, that she was no. Uh, she wasn't some uh, project single mama with a daddy going to jail somewhere. You understand this? Now, see, when you got a you know a mama in the projects and a daddy going to jail, you almost understand that it's going to be some mess in the house because the child has you know very little direction. Am I, don't don't get offended. Am I right about this here? I mean, statistics tell us this, and so we ain't got to. I ain't, just, this is just, our society tells us this. That is gone, it's going to be some mess. But this is not that. Okay? This is a wealthy, affluent, uh, this, this will be the suburbs. But how many of y'all know hell can hit the suburbs too? Isn't America finding that out right now? That, that's, why, that's what's got America all worried about drugs. We was fine when drugs were just in the, in the neighborhood. No problem. But now it's hit the suburbs. 
Now we got to do something about it. Yeah, I bet. Praise the Lord. Now, this area was also, I want you to understand, this, this, this is pertinent to the situation here. It was wealthy, but it was also uh, a, a very idolatrous region. region. Idolatrous. They, they serve idols. This, if you go back and study in the book, back to the book of Joshua, the book of Judges, you'll find that this area was, one of, was an area, land promised to the children of Israel. The tribe of Asher, A-S-H-E-R, Asher, they were supposed to have this land for themselves. And when you read in, in the book of Joshua and Judges about the incomplete conquest of Canaan, you'll see where the, some tribes went in and they didn't completely take what God gave them. They were supposed to go in, into the land, kill off everybody, run everybody out of that land, have it for themselves. And the Bible says God had told them to tear down all their false gods, all their false idols, anything that they had, tear it all down, get rid of it, purge the land out. But the tribe of Asher went into this land and they were like, oh, this is nice. And... Rather than, rather than totally conquering the land, they started to co-mingle and cohabitate, cohabitate in the land. So rather than driving the inhabitants out, they lived with the inhabitants, and the Lord came along in the next chapter and said, these people shall be a snare to you. Because you didn't put the idol worship out, they're going to be a snare to you. That's just good news for somebody right there. That's the answer to somebody's issue. When you let, remember that we're going, we read already, we know we're about to get to the place where this daughter was severely vexed with a demon. So this demon, demons need, need, a, need an entry point, an entryway to get into a household or to get into a person. Idol worship, y'all better hear me real good. Idol worship, when you're worshiping anything outside of other than God, is a direct, clear, open door for the enemy to get all in your life and all in your home. Y'all ain't saying hardly much to me. So you need to make sure you check your life and make sure there's no idol worship. All right, I better keep going here. Says him, so he's in this region of Tyre and Sidon. All right, so what do we know about this woman here? We can reasonably assume that she's, a, she's a wealthy. We know she's a Gentile. I'll show you that here in a minute here. And she's, she's wealthy, but she's an idol worshiper. You understand? So she's created an atmosphere in our home that gives the devil access. I might have to save this for Wednesday. Y'all ain't saying anything to me. I, I'm, 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 try, I'm, I'm really answering somebody's issue right here. Because when you're trying to figure out how all this hell get in your house, you might need to check, did I create an atmosphere? Did I set up an environment? I know you want to think it's all the devil, it's all God, but there's a, you, you play a part in this here. Because that's your house. The, the, the thief can't come in your house and take control unless he first binds a strong man. And you're the strong man in your house. So nothing can, can, can come in your house unless you allow it to. So if you're dealing with some mess in your house, you need to find out what window, what portal, what, what door did I leave open? 
I got enough amens. I'll keep going here. What portal do I leave, did I leave open? I'm going to just say it. I, I, I've said this here. My wife and I talk about, talk about this all the time. When, whenever you get uh, uh, extreme, those extreme extremities of sexual perversion in your house, you got to find out, all right, who opened that door? See, because we, we like to say, well, it's because the child's in school and they around all that foolishness in school. Well, they're around all that foolishness. But see, as the, as the strong man, I got to make sure I, I'm not doing anything that invites. I'm going to say it since because y'all look looking at me like deer in headlights. So that's why I make sure I tell every husband and father, and if there's no husband or father, then every mother, that you can't get in, involved in pornography and then be, be surprised when your child is homosexual. See, you go, well, I, 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 uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I was never involved in homosexuality. No, you were involved in perversion. Homosexuality is just one form of perversion. It's no different than you sleeping around. I'm going to clap for myself. Pastor, that's good. That's good. That's good. It's no different than you staring at a, at a computer screen or your little cell phone in the garage. When you open the door, don't be surprised at what comes in. I wish I had a shout in church this morning, boy. I, boy, that's some good stuff. I mean, I'm transparent. I'm transparent. I've told y'all earlier, many years ago, about my former years, my struggle with pornography in my former years. But when I got married and I started having these children, I realized, wait a minute. Anything I let come in me affects my house. So I thank God that the Holy Ghost and the power and the grace of God became fully operational in my life and I yielded to him instead of yielding to sin to protect my wife and protect my children from the onslaught of dangerous devils. That's just the way it goes. All right, y'all sit down. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta teach this. I'm just, I'm just trying to set this whole thing up here. I just, I just want you to understand that, that the idolatry opened the door to demonic possession. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, somebody, if you grab a hold of that, you ain't got to shout and you ain't got to wave amen and that was my answer, Pastor. But you, you, and yourself, all right, oh, I need to record that right there. It's right on the inside. I need to, I need to record that. All right, Lord, I'm, I'm going to make that change today. I'm going to go home and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand in my house and I'm going to make, make sure I close all those windows and close all those doors that I had open and I'm going to declare, no, the devil, the devil, you got to get out of my house right now. I refuse, I repent, first of all, for all my foolishness. 
and I'm shutting the doors. Praise the Lord. All right, now, let me keep going here. Now, so again, this woman, wealthy, but her house was a mess. And again, she had probably tried various things with her child. Maybe she went, they went to, you know, the psychic. Maybe they went to the uh, root lady. Maybe they went to, I'm just talking about stuff people try. You know, come on, we grew up in the same neighborhoods. Y'all know people go to, you know, a root lady still exists today. They got them. Matter of fact, matter of fact, a lot of, lot of our, lot of our uh, cousins in the trap, they going to the root lady to this day. Y'all ain't y'all. Y'all, you see, y'all, y'all so sophisticated. Y'all don't even know what's really going on. They're going for, for that, that, that. They're trying to get protection and 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 guidance in the game. <laughs> Praise the Lord! It's going on. So she tried everything. I, I imagine. But she's desperate now. She's desperate. Remember, she's a Gentile. Don't forget that. And she's a wealthy woman. But she's desperate. <laughs> I imagine, if, in fact, turn over to Mark 3, that she had heard about Jesus. In Mark 3, verse 7. Glory to God. Y'all give me some time today now. I'm appreciative here. I, I was off for a whole week, so. Just getting back in the groove here. Mark 3, verse 7, says, But Jesus withdrew his, with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, verse 8, watch this, and Jerusalem, and Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they heard, when they heard how many things he was doing came to him. So there are people from Tyre and Sidon who heard of what was going on and said, we better go check this guy out. Now watch what he goes on. Verse 9, so he told his disciples that, that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. Why were they going to crush him? Why, why, were they, why were there so many people? Verse 10, for he healed many so that as many, as many. Now this many doesn't mean he picked and chose. It was as many. Has had what? Afflictions. Afflictions pressed about him to touch him. Verse 11, and, are you there? And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out saying, you are the son of God. So, so not only were people physically healed of their afflictions, but demon spirits were put out by his ministry. So no doubt this woman heard about this man Jesus. But that probably wasn't her first resort. She probably tried, like many of us, tried other stuff. Try some other options. But when you find out the other options don't work. And when, when the mess in your house gets to be so overwhelming, you, gotta, you finally give up and say, you know, I got to go to 
who I know. Now, now we're not doing that. Now, remember, we're, we're faith people, so we're going go to learn to go to him first with great faith. All right? Now, let's look at this here. All right, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed from, to the region. I'm back in Matthew 15. To the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, the first thing I want you to note, that great faith is inconsiderate. Great faith is inconsiderate. You ought to write that down. Great faith is inconsiderate. Now, I want you to, to see this. I want you to hold Matthew 15, but I want you to go back to Mark. That's the next book, right? And verse 7, uh, chapter 7, rather. And I want you to see this same story in Mark's version, in Mark's account here. Mark 7 and verse 24. You have it? Okay, great faith is inconsiderate. It says, verse 24, from there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now watch this. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. Jesus is trying to hide out. Because he wants to just chill. Even Jesus wants to chill every once in a while. <laughs> he wants to just, just lay back. He's, he, remember, he's working full-time in ministry. He, it takes a lot out of him. And so he knows he and his disciples need to just, okay, just chill for a little minute uh, before we really go public. Because once people know we're here, it's going to be nonstop ministry. So it says he went here. They went into this house and wanted no one to know it. But he could not, he could not be hidden. Why? For. You see the next verse? He could not be hidden for. Take out, y'all understand? Take out the word for and put because. He could not be hidden because. A woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and she came and fell at his feet. Y'all still don't get it. She's totally inconsiderate of his agenda, totally inconsiderate of his schedule, totally inconsiderate of his plan to just relax. She said, no, 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 no. You don't understand, Jesus. I know you want to relax, but I need some help. I know you're resting, but I need some help now. It can't wait. I can't wait till you put your tent up. I can't wait till you, till you get your, fly, your flyers out. I can't wait till your next healing meeting. I can't wait. I need help for my child. I need help now. Great faith does not wait. Great faith is inconsiderate. Did you write that down? She gave Jesus Christ no rest. Great faith is inconsiderate of protocol. Great faith doesn't, doesn't require, uh, doesn't, doesn't even uh, care about protocol. Remember this woman with the issue of blood? Remember her in Mark chapter 5? Protocol said she should have never been in a crowd because she had an issue of blood. She was, that, that was, that, that was a, an unclean condition. And protocol said she should have been outside the camp, outside the city by herself, not touching anybody, not being touched by anybody. But her faith was inconsiderate. And she forgot all protocol, and she knew who to call, and she went to Jesus Christ. And not only did, not only did she 
go in the crowd and touch people, but she went and touched Jesus Christ, who was a priest. Oh, no, no, you don't. You don't, you, don't, you don't touch the priest. She broke. Could you imagine somebody in church today and you're standing there and you're ready and all your armor bearers are around? Don't touch our man of God. The disciples were like that. You remember the disciples? People would come to Jesus Christ, but he's trying to bring little kids, and the disciples would say, No, we are his armor bearers. You cannot touch Jesus. And he said, Get out the way, boys. A lot of little children are coming to me. All the security, we have one coming up here, better touch Jesus. But great faith does not consider protocol. Great faith has its eyes on something. And I got to get what I need, and I need it right now. I can't wait till tomorrow. I can't wait till next year. I can't wait till the troubling of the water. I need my healing. I need my deliverance right now. Anybody need something right now from the Lord? How many remember the story of the woman with the alabaster box? Yeah. Remember that woman, the Bible called her a sinful woman. She was in Simon's house, another man's house, and she got the unmitigated gall, the nerve. A prostitute is what she was. To go and take her prostitute self, and one, one account says she stood behind Jesus. Just let all her tears run down. Pour the oil on her. Another account says she sat at his feet and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And the other guy said, if you knew what kind of woman this was, you would let her touch you. In other words, they knew it was, it was improper protocol. But her faith. Jesus said, woman, go your way. Your faith has saved you. That's what he said. He said, your faith has saved you. You faith will push past protocol. Y'all don't see it. See, if you get really desperate, you don't wait to altar call. It can be welcome, offering time, praise and worship during the announcements. Jesus, help me. I'm tired of this mess I'm in. I need some answers right now. You don't even have to wait until Sunday. Tuesday, Pastor, I need to get in that building right now. Talking about great faith. Now remember, this is your examination. Faith, great faith is inconsiderate. Say it again. Say great faith, great faith is inconsiderate. It doesn't consider protocol. doesn't consider times and seasons. Great faith, faith doesn't, doesn't think about time and a season. What is the season of everything? Great faith don't think about no season. Remember in John 2 when Jesus Christ was at a wedding? And the Bible says they had no wine. Now, wine wasn't a need. It was a luxury. <laughs> You're going to see God's more concerned than just your needs. He's concerned about your luxury, your extravagance, all the extra. And the Bible says in John 2, Mary said to him, they have no wine. When in, in verse 4, Jesus goes and says, woman, hey, hold on. What does it got to do with me? It's not, it's not my time yet. This, this, this is not my issue. It's not my hour. It's not my time. Verse 5, she says, hey, whatever he says, do it. 
Y'all missed that. Great face there. Ain't, ain't thinking about your time. Y'all better catch this here. See, because you're going to find out this woman in this story, Matthew 15, it wasn't her time. See, and if you think you got to wait five years to get a miracle or be saved ten years to be anointed, you're going to miss your time. Faith grabs, faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things called for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. I got to wait ten years to get out of debt. Now faith. Glory to God. Great faith. Remember this woman? Uh, Jesus Christ was at, at, the, at the, the tree with the fig, the fig tree. And the Bible says he went to the fig tree supposing he was going to find some figs. And the Bible, your Bible says it was not the season for figs. It was not the season for figs. So why would Jesus Christ go to a fig tree expecting to get figs and it was not the season for figs? Because faith does not consider seasons. Jesus is operating from a different dimension. Only those stuck and trapped in this natural world consider times and seasons. But when you understand you are a, a bi or a multi-dimensional person, you live and you operate in two dimensions the spiritual dimension and the natural dimension, then you understand the spiritual dimension is greater. It supersedes the natural dimension. So Jesus went, he said, look, whenever I want figs, I get figs. Great faith. And look, and he told, he told the disciples, when they said, how'd you do this? He said, have faith in God. You want to do this? Have faith in God. Great faith is inconsiderate. Should I keep going here? All right, now, this woman wasn't Jewish, which means at that time, and I'll show you this here, she had no right to receive anything from Jesus. But great faith is inconsiderate. Say that one more time. Great faith is inconsiderate. All right, now, let's look at the story here. Now, look at verse, verse 22. Can I read it again for sure? I want you to do something here. Watch, watch this. This is going to help two people out there. It says, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Isn't interesting, interesting? The daughter's demon-possessed, and she says, Have mercy on me. Y'all, y'all, some of y'all get this by next Tuesday. She's saying, My daughter's the one with the issue, but it's wearing us all out. This mess is causing us all problems. Glory, we can't hardly sleep at night. We got to always try to, try to track her cell phone, try to find her phone. Where is she? She ain't come home in time. Now, the interesting thing about this story is, if you look at it, it says, uh, my daughter is severely demon-possessed, but it does not tell us how it manifested. In other words, remember the story? Um, Jesus came down off the mountain. There was a man who, whose son was severely vexed with a devil. And it says it's a deaf and dumb spirit. The demon would throw him into the fire and throw him into the water and so forth. But here, we're not told how a demon manifested. So that means for you, the application is you can put whatever's going on. Whatever's going on, there's a demon behind it. 
My daughter's skipping school. There's a demon behind it. Son is run away. There's a demon behind it. My husband is cussing me out. There's a demon behind it. See, when they're severely demon-possessed, there's all kind of manifestations. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what it is. But I want you to note that this woman said, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. Because <laughs> when something is going on in your house, you smile and everything, you praise the Lord and everything, but you need the Lord to have mercy on you. Because you realize this thing is going to affect more than just your child or the, that person where, where this thing is coming in at. It's affecting you. Y'all got it? So great faith. Everybody say great faith. All right, now let's look at the next couple of verses here. Verse 23 says, but he answered her not a word. He answered her not, not a word. I want you to know this here. Great faith is persistent. Great faith is persistent. Notice here in verse 23, after she's made this, this plea, I mean, that's a, could you imagine hearing that? She's not saying, have mercy on me, little Lord, son of David, my daughter severely. She, no, she's, this woman is probably wailing, crying. I'm going to just talk to y'all. This woman, probably, she's probably clicking. She's like, hey! You understand, all of her sophistication is out the window. All of her sedity is out the window. She said, have mercy on me. My daughter is a trip. She's crying. Calling out. And he answered her not a word. What do you do when God doesn't answer a word to you? I need a word. There's no word. There's no word. But great faith is persistent. Now, I want you to note something here, that your Bible does not say he ignored her. It just said he answered her not a word. You understand that? So here on her first request, she receives no answer. But it doesn't mean Jesus Christ was ignoring her. I want you to understand, Jesus Christ, just like Father God, he's, he's, he's symbolizing God here, representing God. He is compassionate. Father God is compassionate with us. But the Bible says he answered her not a word. Why? Because although he's compassionate, he can't respond until faith speaks. You got it. Somebody got it. I'm talking. It didn't, didn't say he ignored her. It just said he didn't answer her. All right, I'll help you. Uh, my, my, wife, my wife will, will verify this. There are times we've had discussions, and she said something, and I didn't answer her. But I wasn't ignoring her. Any, any other husbands or wives know what I'm talking about? Nobody? Okay. I wasn't, are you ignoring me? No, I'm not. I'm not ignoring you. I'm processing. I see y'all, how y'all high-fiving, yeah, I know that's right. I have to wait till the appropriate time. I have to wait on the appropriate words, lest we get to one of these right here. 
I, I gotta, I gotta wait. I'm not ignoring you. But I just answer not a word. So next time, husbands, your wife, you know, like yin yang and all that, yap 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 yap, just. Are you ignoring me? No, I'm, I'm walking like Jesus. I'm, I'm just going to answer you not a word. Not for right now. But great faith is persistent. <laughs> now, she wasn't going to stop until she got her answer. It says, he answered her not a word. Then it says here, verse 23, watch this. And his disciples came. They came, which means they weren't on the scene. They came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. That meant that she didn't stop at this one request. She must have started badgering them. In fact, let, let's, let's check it. I'm going to take a chance here. Give me the Amplified. Amplified will probably spell this out for us a little better. Give me Amplified verse 23 here. <clears throat> Glory to God. Is, uh, she is crying out. No, it doesn't say it. Maybe New Living, one of those would say something like she kept asking. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. She's bothering us with all her begging. Which meant she didn't just stop. In other words, that meant she didn't take this as a no. Great faith doesn't take silence as a no. And that's why many people in the body of Christ have been missing out on their manifestation because they take silence as God ignoring or silence as, as a no. But it's not a no. God has to wait until you come. If you go to your, to your computer and type in your password and it doesn't let you in, it doesn't mean the computer saying, no, I don't, I don't want you to come in. It's waiting on the right password. It's, it's waiting on you to put to, to use the right access to get in. And so Jesus Christ isn't ignoring her, but he has to wait until she gets a word that will open the door for her. And she kept asking. She's begging. That's why the disciples saying, Lord, just please send her away. Here, what, what, what they're really saying is, hey, go ahead and do it, please. So she can leave us alone. Well, you, you said we was coming here to rest, man. We want to play Xbox and everything, and we can't, we can't do nothing, man. She bothering us. We want to just chill, man. We've been working hard, Jesus. I'm just putting it in our terms, you understand. This, this, this is where these guys are. Because there's no indication when she first came, she was looking for them. By all accounts, she came looking for Jesus. So when she didn't get, didn't get a, a, you know, a rise out of Jesus Christ, she went to the, she, the boys came and they're like, what? What's up with this? Hey, I need some help, man. Somebody going to help me with my child. Somebody going to help me with this mess I'm going through. I'm going to stay here. I ain't moving. Now, you understand, in, in, in this society, now, I 
understand in this modern day society, you know, we live in a day where women and men, we, you know, we equal and all that kind of stuff like that. And, you know, women ask men out on date and women ask men to marry them, all that kind of stuff. But in, 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 this, in this day, women, women, understand this is not, please don't, this is not me. Women were subservient. Am I right about it? To the men in that society, which meant those men, these disciples, and it says disciples, they could have just dragged them out of there. But that woman, she probably propped herself up in the door. I ain't going nowhere till I get what I came for. Great faith is persistent. You don't stop just because you didn't get an answer this week. I'm going to keep praising God. I'm going to keep sowing my seed. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep crying out. I'm going to keep trusting God till I get my breakthrough. I ain't going to leave here till I get what I came for. That's what great faith looks like. That's why Jesus was talking about Peter's faith. He said, your faith is little. Didn't mean small in the amount. It meant small in that it didn't last. Give me Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Let me show you something here. I got to hurry up. This is already afternoon. Oh, watch this. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Now, 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 no, why? why? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Take it off the screen. Look at, look at me. Some of y'all are saying, no, this is a religious mindset. You can't just do like that. You can't badger God. You know, don't keep going to God because, you know, God, he'll eventually come through. I'm going to show you how God wants it. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Are you there? God says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. He says, you who make mention of the Lord, do not. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He said, you don't keep silent. We people, if I hold my peace, let the Lord from, no, don't hold your peace. He said they shall never hold their peace. This is what, victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord from, and he didn't say hold, hold your peace. He said, no, they shall never hold their peace there at night. You make mention of the Lord. Do not keep silent. Watch verse 7. And give him, that's the capital H, give God no rest until he does something. Oh, y'all, boy, you, y'all, I'm, I'm talking, come on, come on, Shantae, help me out with this here. Give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth, until he turns everything around. Don't give God any rest. God, I'm before you again. I know you're going to come through. I know you're going to come through. I trust you. I believe you. Show up. Today is my day of salvation. Oh, not today. Okay, tomorrow. All right, God, today is my day of salvation. It didn't happen. Okay, next day. Today is my day of salvation. I trust in you, Lord. My help is coming now. Sin now, prosperity. Don't give him any rest. Oh, God's resting. He said don't give him no rest. I'm gonna say this, and I know I know some of you, some of you Sunday school folk might, might get mad. Don't let God off the hook. 
I know, I know it's y'all. Oh, Lord, what are you saying? Don't let God off the hook. God made you a promise. And all his promises, they are yes and amen. So, God, I'm going to stay in your face till I get my breakthrough. I'm going to stay in your face till I get my turnaround. God, I'm going to stay in your face till I get my miracle. I'm going to stay in your face till I get my manifestation. I'm going to stand in your face. I'm not going to be belligerent. I'm not being disrespectful. But even God said, remind me of my promises. Remind him. Your Bible says he's not forgetful. He's not forgetful. Then why would he tell you to remind him? It's not so much that he needs to be reminded. It's that every day in faith, you need to be reminded. So every time you remind, oh, this is revelation right here. Every time you remind God of his promises, it's stirring your faith up. So you're going from little faith to great faith. Oh, give God a shout here this morning. Luke chapter 18. Look at me, give me, give me, give me Luke 18 amplified. Luke 18, verse 1 amplified. Oh, glory to God. Jesus himself told a parable about how this works. Luke 18, verse 1, amplified. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Luke 18, the parable of what we call the persistent widow. See how this works. Luke 18, verse 1, amplified. We got it? It's coming. We got to pray for the computer. Glory to God. Well, let me read it here from, from, the, from the New King James. You, oh, you got amplified. Thank you. That's right. Listen to this. Luke 18, verse 1. Now read along in your Bible, but listen to me and amplify. It says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Don't faint. Don't quit. All right? Now listen and amplify. Also Jesus told them a parable to, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward. Faint, lose heart, and give up. Now watch this. He's going to talk about how this looks. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected or considered man. Verse 3, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him. She did what? Kept coming to him and saying, protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. And for a time, he would not. But later he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man. Watch this. Yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming, or at the last, when she's finally had enough, she come and rail on me, or assault me, or strangle me. This girl here, you know, come on now. Now, you know, I'm ima- you know this mother's day. I'm, I'm imagining these stories, this kind of persistence that we see. It's interesting that we always see the women involved in this, these kind of stories. This is, this is you, you, you know, that funny? 
Y'all, because women, 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 boy, women, when a woman's fed up, <laughs> ain't nothing you can do about it. Just, I mean, when a woman's had enough, y'all come on back, come on back, come on back. When a woman's tired, when, when a woman gets determination, that's why early on when God had told the children of Israel, go to your neighbors over there in Egypt, the slave masters, and get all their silver and their gold and everything, he had to come back again and tell them the next time. He said, all right, send the women this time. Because y'all men was going out all nice, hey, uh, Mr. Sir, Master Sir, uh, can we have, you know, the Lord said, can we have, you know, your gold and all that kind of stuff. The women went back and said, What? I'm about to snatch all at you. What? How y'all? How y'all? How y'all do it? <laughs> what? Tie that hair on up. <laughs> you, <laughs> all right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. My goodness. Verse six. Verse 6, then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. Listen to what the unjust judge says. Now watch verse 7. And will not our just God. So this story wasn't, wasn't talking about how God operates. It's talking about how your faith has to operate. Because God is not an unjust God. Make sure you're clear on that now. Okay? Verse 7, and will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen one, to cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? No. I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. Speedily. If you're willing to cry long, you won't have to cry long. The longer, the longer you're willing to stand in faith, the, the, the shorter you're going to have to stand in faith. He says, however, I got to finish this verse. When the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? Will he find persistence in faith on the earth? So that story was a story about what persistent faith looks like. It's what great faith looks like. That you don't let somebody rest. I need my answer. I don't quit. Give up? I mean, what's going to happen if you quit and give up? It's going to get worse. You think that just because you quit, the devil's going to quit? Okay, that was enough. That's enough. I'll just mess it with you. No. He coming to steal and kill and destroy. He's not going to stop till he's destroyed. Y'all got it? All right. Man, y'all got a few more minutes? Oh, y'all got some ham and chicken wings or something like that, but let me just... Mother's Day macaroni. All right, go back. Go back here. Matthew 15. I'll, I'll hurry up and finish. I'll hurry up. I'll hurry up. So number one, I said great faith is what? Inconsiderate. Number two, great faith is what? All right, let's look at verse 25. Matthew 15, verse 25. Okay, now, I'm sorry. Let me, let me go back to verse 23. Remember they said, send away for she cries out after us. Verse 24. But he answered and said... I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
Now, he still hasn't answered her. He's answering them. She still don't have an answer from the Lord. They're the ones talking. And so he answered them. Because they said, send her away. In other words, go ahead and do what she wants because she bothered us. He said, he said here, well, I, I would love to. This is what, paraphrase. I'd love to, but I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She's not one of them. I want to, but she's not qualified. <laughs> oh, boy. I already told you faith is inconsiderate. She ain't care nothing about no qualification. But faith is persistent. Now watch, verse 25. Now she heard that. She heard what he told her disciples. She's in the room. She said, all right, I got something for you. I'm about to turn it up. I'm about to, I'm about to turn it up here. This is, this is what she said, I'm about, to, I'm about to turn it up. If begging won't get it, if begging won't get it, I'm going to shift to worship. <laughs> oh, God. Says this, she came and worshiped him. She recognizes his lordship. Lords are worshiped. Pastor Kim just mentioned it. She submitted to him. Because I'm going to show you that, depending on how desperate you are, your worship becomes a real submission. Your worship is not a performance. Your worship is not, you know, I'm just trying to get a song in or two. Worship has to become a, a submission. Watch. Great faith is number one and considerate. Number two, Persistent. Number three, great faith is unpretentious. It's unpretentious. In other words, you don't try to, uh, in the moment, be anything more than you, than you are. You don't fake it. Great faith, you don't fake it. Great faith, you got to let, let the nitty get to the gritty. <laughs> and many people, this, this is probably not you, but many people in the body of Christ don't ever really reach anything in manifestation because they're still so dignified. So proper. Too cool to get down and dirty. <laughs> and it's not that, not that this is God requiring you to get down and dirty is that you got to get past you. You got to get down and dirty past you. You got to get yourself out of the way where you're not Lord, where now you worship him because he's Lord. This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when your situation is more important than your reputation. I'll say it again. This is what happens when your situation becomes more important than your reputation. Some of us still have our reputation to think about. No, but when you got a real situation, I forget all about my reputation. No, 
I don't care how I look. You, you, you come in, you boy, your, your makeup be all running and everything. Yeah, your wig all falling off on the side. Your tie be all messed up. You don't care nothing about all that stuff. I need something from the Lord right now today. And I don't care how I look for none of y'all. Because I didn't come for y'all anyway. Says she came to watch. She came and worshiped him and said, saying, Lord, help me. She didn't go through all the, all the stuff no more. She just, hey, just, you know, bottom line, Lord, help me. I ain't explaining what I'm going through no more. I don't have no more details. Lord, help me. And she's worshiping. Now, the, 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 the key picture we know from, from just our understanding of the Bible is that she kneels down. She has to get down. She doesn't come. She's not standing in him front. Lord, Hosanna. She's not doing this stuff in front of him. She is down on her knees or she's on her face. Prostrate before the Lord. In an act of surrender and worship. Lord, I know I'm not one of the lost people of the house of Israel, I just, but I, I need your help. I know I'm not qualified, but I need your help. <laughs> and she's down, willing to be dirty. Because great faith is unpretentious. I'm talking about great faith. Let me, can, I, can I give you a picture of this real quick? Uh, in, in John 3, give me John 3, verse 1, 2. John 3, verse 1, 2. Do we have that? Are we back on? All right. John, just turn, let's look at the screen. Look at John 3, 1, 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, who is he? Nicodemus, he's what? He's a ruler of the Jews. Now, the Jews don't, Jew, don't do Jesus. But Nicodemus is interested in Jesus' ministry. Interested in what Jesus Christ talks about. So he's a ruler of the, of the Jews, verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night. He sneaks in, Nick at night. This is Nick at night, right? Nicodemus, Nick, Nick at night. Now watch, 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 watch. Rabbi, rabbi. Listen to how he's talking. Now I like Nicodemus. I'm not picking on Nicodemus, but I just want you to see something. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Doesn't that sound so dignified? Verse 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, all right. So Nicodemus is, comes to Christ. He's interested in his ministry. Wow, this is, these are some great things you do. This is really nice. Now, but here's Nicodemus' issue. He's, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have any problems. He's straight. He's wealthy. You read about his story later on. It was Nicodemus and, and Joseph that came and got Jesus' body. They were wealthy men, rule of the Jews. He's a rule of the Jews, which means he has to sneak to see Jesus Christ by night. He comes in by night when nobody sees him. He, he's not desperate. He's just interested in his ministry. Now let's go to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Mark 5, verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. Verse 22. Verse 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came. This is God just like Nicodemus. Now, this is, this is in broad daylight. 
Go back, go, give, me, give me verse 20, 21 again. 21 again. Great multitude. A lot of people around in broad daylight. Verse 22. Here comes Jairus, a ruler just like Nicodemus. And when he saw him, he fell on his feet. Now, what's the difference between Nick at night and Jairus by day in front of everybody? Look at verse 23. 23. And begged him earnestly, saying, my little girl is at home, sick, about to die. Please come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now he comes and he's desperate. So he's not going to sneak in at night. He don't care that all the rulers see him. He don't care that all his friends know what he's doing. Look, my daughter's sick. She's about to die. And I know we don't need, we don't do you, but I need you. Y'all missed that. I know we don't do you, but I need you. And when you need God, when you need the Lord, you ain't worried about what people are going to say. You ain't worried about deacon so-and-so and reverend so-and-so and bishop so-and-so and what apostle so No, you ain't worried about that. Listen, I need Jesus Christ right now. So it didn't matter to him. Broad daylight. It didn't matter to him. A big crowd, multitude around. They know who he is. He's dressed always as a ruler of the synagogue. But he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him earnestly. He begging. See, the gravity of your situation will determine how, how, how unpretentious, how undignified, Great faith will require sometimes some undignified, unorthodox, unusual, uncommon methods. You may have to do something that's even, watch this, uncomfortable. How many people have done something uncomfortable? And if you're not willing to go there yet, you've probably not hit great faith. Oh, remember we're doing an exam. As dad called it, not a physical, this is a spiritual. But he comes, now, I, I, can I just paint the picture here? Now, go, go, down, go down to verse, verse uh, uh, 35. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the rule of the synagogue's house, now, remember now, first called him Jairus, ruler of the synagogue. The rest of this story never calls his name. The Holy Ghost keeps emphasizing ruler of the synagogue, who said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, he, he knows Jairus' name. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, the Holy Ghost keeps doing this here. He's making sure we know who this guy is, that he's not some you know, Lord and totem pole. This, this is a guy, a high society guy, but when you're high society and you got great need, <laughs> do I have any witnesses in here? Come on now. Ruler synagogue, he said, don't be afraid, don't believe. Verse 37. He permitted no one to follow them. Verse, uh, Peter, James, and John. Keep going, please. Verse 38. He came to the ruler, house of the ruler of the synagogue. Again, 
The Holy Ghost keeps making sure we know who this guy is. Salt him on those who wept and well loudly, verse 39. When he came in, he said to them, why y'all making this commotion? She's not sleep, uh, dead, but she's sleeping, verse 40. They, ridicu he re they ridiculed him, but uh, he put them all outside. Now watch, he took the father, there it is, and the mother of the child. Now this is, this is my spiritual imagination here. This is my spiritual imagination. This, this is how it played out in my, in my uh, brain. Minister Jeff. This mama probably told Jairus, Listen here, man. See, you see it. You see it now, don't you? She probably threw that hip out. Stop that fingers. You know, she one of y'all's. I don't care nothing about your little ratty tail friends. I don't care nothing, nothing about all your broke down brothers at the synagogue. My daughter is sick and about to die. There's this man named Jesus that Christ down there. You better go down there and get him. And don't you come back here without him. If you don't get him, don't you bother coming back to this house. I'm just telling you, if she was a mama like my mama, that's exactly how it went down. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. That's exactly how it went down. Don't you bring your natty tail back to this house without Jesus. Don't you come back here without an answer. Don't you come back here without a word. Don't you come back here without the Holy Ghost. Don't come back here without a... That's my baby. I don't care nothing about being first lady of the synagogue. Yeah! God dog it. Too many beautiful first ladies in town and family's a mess. Church is a mess. You ought to get that first... Throw that hat off. First lady said, no, I don't care nothing about this. I don't, I, don't care, I, don't, I don't care if you don't get invited back to another revival. I don't care if we ain't got to do another, another service for nobody at 4 o'clock on a Sunday when we're tired anyway. Nobody don't do no 4 o'clock service anyway. Get Jesus. Don't come back here without Jesus. All your friends read all of those scriptures. They, ain't, they don't even know them scriptures. All them friends, we ain't, we ain't had no, no kind of victory in this church. We ain't had a manifestation, a miracle, a healer, nothing all this time. Go get Jesus. When you get great faith, you're going to be unpretentious. You forget all about your little dignity. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, it's one, two, three, four. I got to hurry. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh man, what can I, look, we, we saw the scripture here last week, Proverbs 12, verse 9 in the King James. Proverbs 12, verse 9 in the King James says, He that is, that is despised and has a servant is better than he who honors himself and lacks bread. You can be so pretentious that you honor yourself and got all kind of mess going on in your house. Your money bad, your marriage bad, your children bad, your health bad, everything bad. But you honor yourself. I don't want to hear what that man got to say. You, you are worse off. All right, can I show you something here? All right, I'm almost finished. Let me, let me. I better start my clock. My clock.
Now, I don't have, I don't have one last point. One last point. But I want you to see how unpretentious great faith looks. It says, she knelt down, or back in Matthew 15, verse 25, she came and worshipped him. Now, we all have our picture, a beautiful picture of worship. You know, she's doing this. She wasn't. We know she was down there. But I want you to see this word worship. The word worship, Strong's G4352, the Greek word proskuneo. Proskuneo. Watch this. Watch what it means. In the New Testament, it means kneeling or prostration to do homage to one or to make obeisance. That's to, to bow down and worship, okay, as she was under Jesus Christ. But watch this. Whether to express respect or to make supplication. So worship, in worship, you can respect or make supplication. You're asking God for something. Don't be asking God for nothing, just worship. I am worshiping. When I ask God, I am worshiping. I'm saying, Lord, I can't do it. I'm saying, Lord, you're bigger than me. You're better than me. You have everything I need. That is worship. <laughs> but can I keep going here? Uh, better. But it comes from two words. The first word, pros or pros, meaning at, near, or with regards to, and the word kion, so proskion, which means dog or hound. So when it says she came and worshiped him, she proskioned him, which literally means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Oh, that, that just... I'm talking about a wealthy woman here. But she's so desperate. When she asked him, he didn't say anything. Then he said, no, I'm, I'm, you're not part of the house of Israel. She says, you know what? I know what to do. I'm going to get down here and worship. Now, not y'all look for my worship here. She got down, and according to this, it means literally to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. So then now it makes sense why in the next verse... Verse 26, Jesus said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. See, we always thought he just calling the girl a dog. He wasn't calling a dog, she was acting like a dog. But that's the extent the point she was willing to go to yes, right. to get her help. Yes, right. That's why when he said this statement in the verse 27, she didn't buck. She said, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. See, because some of y'all, if, if you heard somebody call you a dog, you would have got mad, but she said, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, yeah, I'm a dog. I'm down here, I'm licking your hand. Now, I don't know that she's literally licking his hand, but this is that form of worship. That she's kissing his hands. She's, she's kissing. She, has, she knows those hands have the power to heal. Those hands have the power to save. Those hands have the power to deliver. And she's grabbing those hands. She's kissing those hands. Oh. And she says, yes, Lord. He says, I, I can't give the children's bread to the dogs. She says, yes, Lord. But yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall.
Great faith is inconsiderate. Great faith is persistent. Great faith is unpretentious. It'll make you undignified and uncomfortable, unorthodox and uncommon. It'll make you do some unusual things, but great faith will move mountains. Great faith will dry up trees. Great faith will get water out of a rock. Great faith will kill cancer. Great faith will kill diabetes. Great faith will get you out of debt. And if you're not too dignified, great faith will get the hell out of your house. Yeah, I'm a dog. Yeah, I'm a dog. <laughs> but even the dogs, even the, the, the little dogs, eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Can you just give me that Amplified Bible? Let's read this Amplified verse, uh, same verse. It says, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little pups, the little whelps, the little, little, little bitty ones, eat the crumbs that fall from their young master's hand, master's table. In other words, from the children's table. In other words, the little pups always hang around the little children. The little children always, I don't like this. Right? Or the children, you know, you know your children, they eat and make a mess. So the, so the dogs hang around. She said, yes, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the little children's table. Now let me give you this last point. Verse 27, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Great faith brings irresistible wisdom. This is the last thing you need to know, at least from this text. Great faith brings irresistible wisdom. Now, I say that because, watch this. Look, turn to Mark 7 and verse 28. Let's look at the same story again. Mark 7, 28. Are you there? Y'all are right now. I got it. Great faith brings irresistible. I-R-R-E-S-I-S-T. All right, I-B-L-E. <laughs> I like, I got stuck for a minute. Praise the Lord. Irresistible wisdom, okay? Now go back to Mark uh, 7, 28. Same story. Y'all with me? Yes. This, this is it. I'm done. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Right? Same thing we read earlier. But look at Mark's account, verse 29. Then he said to her, for this saying, For this saying. In other words, girl, you said something. Girl, you just said something. I spoke something, but you, you got a wisdom from above that showed you. Now, you understand, this isn't just her coming up in her head, some, some thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is a wisdom from God because, because there's a way faith speaks. So great faith brings irresistible wisdom. So he said, for this saying, now watch, this is so key. For this saying, go your way, he said, the demon has gone out. Y'all just missed that. He said, girl, you just said something. Now he knows what's going on in the spirit realm. He said, the demon just left. 
He's not saying here, your faith. He, he's not saying, you know, for this saying, I'm going to do something. I'm going to spring, spring, wave my hand and the demon going to leave. He said, no, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out. In other words, the demon couldn't resist that saying. Y'all not, not catching. God, all right, let, let, me, let me give you a scripture here, then, then, then you'll shout and you can go home. Luke 21, verse 14. Luke 21, verse 14. I'm going to show you what just happened here. Luke 21, verse 14. This is my last text. Y'all got it? Some of y'all like, man, come on, finish. I'm trying to finish, but you're going back to hell. You're going back to hell in your house, and you want me to rush? Going back broke and sick and upset, and I got to rush? Trying to help you get the hell out your house. That's what I'm trying to do. Verse 14. Watch this. He says, therefore, settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand or ahead of time on what you will answer. Verse 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. So God is able to give you a wisdom, able to give you a word that your adversary, the devil, cannot resist. That's why when she said what she said, he said, boom, he gone. Because God, when you stay, stay in God's face, when you, oh my God, he will give you a word. Something to speak. That the devil can't resist it. He said, I gotta go. I gotta go. I had her, I had her for 18 years. Now I gotta go. I had this child bound for 14 years. 12 years of bleeding. Now I gotta go. 35 years in debt. Now I gotta go. What did, what did it? Great faith brought a wisdom. You see, <laughs> while you're walking in faith, you're in the scriptures. Am I right about it? Am I right about it? You're in the scriptures, you're praying. You're in the scriptures, you're praying. And you're confessing, and you're confessing, and you're confessing. And you're doing the word, and you're doing it. You're praising God. You're doing all the things you're supposed, you know to do. But there's going to come one day well, all of a sudden, your is going to turn into a, a saying. It'll be one word like, go! Or, loosed! <laughs> It'll be, I am healed now! It'll be one word of wisdom that the enemy your adversary will not be able to contradict. See, you, you saying now, oh, I believe I'm debt free, I believe I'm debt free. And the devil comes back with a, with a contradictory word. No, there's this bill you forgot, and there's this debt. He keeps contradicting. But God's going to give you a word. I wish somebody would grab a hold of that. I'm done, I'll let you go. God's going to give you a word. God's going to give you a wisdom that your enemy your adversary and your cousin are not going to be able to resist or contradict you. This time you, you're going to say, I am the heel. It's going to be, bam, the sickness gone. 
Now the process has been happening all this time. This woman, when she first came to Jesus, he was ready to heal. He had already, we, that's why I showed you earlier, he had already healed people from Tyre and Sidon. He had already done it. So he wasn't trying to be hard and not give anything, but he couldn't move until faith spoke. Once this faith, this great faith spoke, that's why I said, for this saying. Go back to Matthew 15, 28. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, he's watched all this. Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. In other words, the same moment she made her statement, the daughter's healed. Uh, it was, what's verse 29? 29 is a different story. Give me 29. Okay, go. go no, okay. Verse, yeah, that's why I want Mark 7, verse 30. I want Mark 7, verse 30. You, you had it. And when she came, had came to her house. Well, she had come, rather. I know that's good English. And when she had come to her house, she found. Y'all better get up. Come on now. Don't make me keep preaching. This, this, her daughter went out in the streets. Her daughter wasn't strung out. Her daughter wasn't laid with some man. Her daughter wasn't smoking no weed. Her daughter was now home chilling. She wasn't there when it happened. That ought to encourage some mama who your child is somewhere else. She wasn't there when it happened. She was with Jesus. When the manifestation happened somewhere else. I'm telling you, you can be here right now. And when you are reaching out with great faith, I'll speak this to whoever receive it. I declare when you get home today, you're going to find that problem that had been wrecking your family and wrecking your house and messing up your marriage and messing up your body and messing up your money. You're going to find when you get home, if you have released great faith like we've taught today, you're going to find when you get home, everything has changed. Everything has turned around. It's all been done. Your great faith has made it happen. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Not just in hope. Nicodemus was cool, but don't be a Nicodemus. <laughs> Only thing Nicodemus learned about was, what was being born again. He got a little wisdom of being born again. But Jairus? Well, I got some. I got a breakthrough here, man. Lord, thank you today for the word. Thank you today for your word says you've given to every man. Romans 12, 3. A measure of faith, the measure of faith. So thank you that you've given us all something to start out with. Your word also says, Father, that in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you, Father, that we can grow our faith. Your word says, Father, that we can build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 
So thank you, Father, that we have various ways to build our faith up from little to much to great faith. You said in your word, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this faith, this persistent faith in the earth? I pray, Father, that among your people, especially in this house today, that we be known as a people of great faith. That God, we're not considerate of times and seasons and protocol. Thank you, Lord. The Father, that we, Lord, we know how to go in and receive and take what's, what's ours. Your promises, they are yes and they are amen. That, Lord, we know how to be persistent, that we don't quit after the first week or the first month or if it doesn't manifest this year. We're persistent. That, God, we're people who we don't mind being unpretentious. We don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And God, whatever it takes. I know that it's not, it's not you that we have to convince. <laughs> You're always ready to bless us. Always ready to heal and deliver, provide. But God, we've got to get past our own selves. Get past all the devil's accusations and attacks. Get past our own pride. God, that we know, hallelujah, it with great faith, God, how to reach out to you and receive everything that we need. Thank you, Father. <coughs> I pray, Father, every person in this room, that whatever was troubling them when they came here today, that they now know really what great faith looks like, how to get in it. Stay in it. That God don't know how to receive the manifestation of their faith, the fullness and the, the end of their faith. I pray that just like this woman who didn't mind getting down and, and, and doing whatever it take, it took, Lord. Pray that, Lord, as we do that, you'll in the end reward us with a word and with a wisdom that our adversary, the devil, will not be able to contradict or resist. Thank you for an irresistible wisdom and an irresistible word. I pray, Father, that today I speak as a prophet of this house that your people, that we all find everything changed. Even the time we return home today, we'll know that everything has turned around and changed for our good. For these things, Father, we give you praise. Glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Wow.